to boost up your Instagram engagement. It was like, respond to every single comment, like, like everything, you know, make sure that you keep the conversation going. I didn't know on TikTok, you don't really have to do that. It's just going to keep. And then all of a sudden I'm getting 300 comments. I'm like, I don't have all day to respond to these. So I just like, spent all day there. Yeah, like this I guy says, it's not legal in some provinces. Like, what does he know? Kev Cook Five. You have no idea what you're talking about. Not legal <laughs> in some provinces. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation! Welcome to Island B Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry to find out what they're doing to succeed. Today, I have Zach Lafuedo. Zach was on the Rookie Show back in episode nine, and I've done a bunch of coaching with Zach. Guy's got tons of drive. He's very positive and has no problem with dealing with rejection, which is amazing skill to have. So you can go back and listen to episode nine if you want to hear about that episode. But in this one, we talk about a couple of things. We talk about how TikTok has been surprisingly amazing source of leads for him. So he had a really fun, interesting Instagram account that he slowly built up over time. We talk about that. And then how he put one video that was on Instagram onto TikTok. And on TikTok, he got 150,000 views and all kinds of comments. In fact, he got a lot of people angry at him because he suggested borrowing money from your house to buy another property. And what's interesting about this, and we touched on this, is that the people who get angry at you and social media are not your customers. But he's had seven leads in less than a week. Really good quality leads reach out to him from that post. And Mortgage Jake used to tell me this, is that he'd be on Twitter and he'd be arguing with people. And he said, my customers never argue with me on Twitter. They just reach out to me directly and say, hey, can you help me? And so he didn't worry too much about the people that are not your customer. So I thought that was good. He talks about how he started his building his business with realtors and it's since expanded out from there. So Zach went through our training and we taught him how to pitch to realtors. And so that's how we got started. And now he's since expanded. And he also talks about how he no longer focuses on calling realtor lists. So one of the things that Zach did when he started out, which again shows a ton of drive is that he'd say, hey, realtor, you got a bunch of leads from online sources. I'll actually phone them for you. And he got deals from that. And of course, built massive rapport and trust with his realtor partners, which has helped them. Before we jump into this episode, I want to give a shout out to my title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform that is incredibly easy to use, easy for borrowers and also easy for brokers. It's got some cool features like smart docs. So as the client's filling out the application, it's already figuring out exactly what documents that you need. It's got smart submission notes. So when you get ready to submit that to a lender, it's actually pulling key data from the application and putting in the notes. And you may think, Scott, why do you need that? It's because every lender's underwriting platform is different. Finding the information in the application is always like all over the place. And so this way you have one place for your notes, which is awesome. It's connected to lender spotlight, which means you can search rates and guidelines. And it's just incredibly easy. Our brokers absolutely love it. And the best part is there's no subscription fee. Best next step would be to go to lendesk.com slash Finmo and book a free strategy session and they'll show you how this can help you save tons of time. Check it out. Hey, Zach, welcome back to the show. Happy to be here, Scott. Thanks for having me again. So I had you on quite a while ago and lots has changed since then, but maybe this is a quick recap. Can you let me know when did you get licensed and we'll just walk through kind of what got you to today? And then we'll go from there. So I got licensed right start of the pandemic, March 2020. I went in the office for one day and then the world like shut March down. 13th or something, wasn't it? When it shut down? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I think I was in, yeah, in the office for a day with my official license. And then it was your staying home, figure it out. Didn't do much in 2020, funded one deal. So yep. not a very uh, lucrative year for me then, but 2021 business picked up for me and kind of full throttle. I funded 27 or 28 deals in 2021. And now by the end of May, I'll be at about 30 
30 funded 30 deals. Dates. Yeah. Right. And so you started out initially getting deals from real estate agents, correct? Yeah. Me, let's talk about that. And then we'll talk about how you've now transitioned from that into some other avenues for leads as well. Yeah. So, you know, I tried a little bit of everything at the start, but I don't think I was fully, you know, pot committed on the things I was doing or had a very good strategy, just sort of calling and like, Hey, I'm a great guy. Let's yeah. do some business together. Like me. Let's do business. Yeah. 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 But yeah, mainly realtor, you know, personal database, friends, family reaching out, Hey, I'm a mortgage broker, whatever you need, but still, okay, I'm new to the game. So friends and family are like, sure, that's great. We'll see how you're doing in a year or two. And then yeah, that's exactly (laughs) Oh, sure, Zach. And then A, they may not need you right away. And B, they're going to wait and see if you survive. Like that's just, they don't say it, but that's what they think. Exactly. So then realtors started, you know, sending me some soft leads here or there, or ones that were kind of crap. Let's see how you do. And then when I really figured out a strategy to, you know, not only win the realtors over and put my personality across and everything. Okay. We like you and you're good at what you do started to get the ball rolling. And throughout 2021 was pretty much all realtor referrals. And yeah. then as I started getting deals with a couple past clients or current clients, so all kind of referral based there. Yeah. Next so, okay. Then, so you basically, you went through our training and you learned how to pitch and I saw your pitch and it was a thing of beauty. Like you really got good at it. And so that kind of got you going out today, though, you started to shift and I followed your Instagram because you're kind of hilarious on Instagram. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, go check out Zach's Instagram. But recently you jumped into TikTok. And so let's talk about how that's been going for you, because I'm yeah. that's interesting to me how TikTok well, is going. Yeah. So I was totally like, you know, like most people out there, you're not going to get quality leads from TikTok, whatever. It's not going to happen. I think there's a lot of pushback for lots of industries. It's all just like 15 year olds kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to work. So I was going pretty, you know, consistent on my Instagram and it was starting to work. Like it takes a long time. You got to be posting, showing up every day, posting every day. I was getting faster and more efficient with how I would create videos and everything. So it wasn't taking me a lot of time. I'd batch content once a week and, you know, make seven to 10 videos and just kind of post them out throughout the week, which is the best strategy. If anyone wants to start posting more consistently, don't waste your time every single day trying to make some content, sit it's down. too hard to batch it. Yeah. You don't, right you don't wash line. one pair of socks. Don't create one piece of content, <laughs> right? Exactly. So doing that consistently on Instagram, it took, you know, probably 30 plus days before I started to see a little drip of, okay, here's one. Like I started seeing the followers come in that were real followers. It was mm-hmm. Bob from London, Ontario with a nice little family in his picture. And he started following me. I'm like, this is a real you know, real Some people are following me. Yeah. They want to absorb, they want to consume the content. They're probably going to reach out at some point or I'll shoot them a DM. Hey, thanks for following. If you need any advice, whatever. So I started to see that more and more. And then leads started actually coming in from that. But it took, you know, a while of posting consistently on Instagram. So 30, 60, 90 days posting every other day or every day, whatever. Like that's how much consistency I had on there and it started to work. So I'm like, this is great. I had my realtor referrals constantly coming in. Now I'm starting to get this social media drip coming in. I finally just one day was like, I got to start posting on multiple platforms. Like I'm kind of wasting creating this content. Why not put it out on three or four? It's going to be the same stuff. It doesn't have to be any great individual content for each platform. 
let's just go ahead and I haven't really put much on Facebook, but Facebook, TikTok, whatever. So I posted one old video. So I didn't even remake anything. I just went on my insights on Instagram and was like, oh, this video did really well. Simple, how to refinance your current property and buy a rental property with the funds. So put that out on TikTok. And it was like, I think it's been up for 10 plus days or so. Got 150,000 views. I got 1,700 followers. I've got seven like quality leads already from the one video. So it's just crazy. And it's just people fighting in the comments about how you shouldn't own a rental property and that like I'm an awful person for like creating this idea, which is only helping the engagement, right? And it's more people that comment, the algorithm doesn't care if they're happy or unhappy. That's just driving your content in front of more people. Yeah. And then it's getting to the right people because obviously people are reaching out and I haven't even fully optimized my TikTok page and everything. I don't have a lead form up. Like this is the stuff I'm going to do because it's just so new to me. I didn't have my website up properly to bring in the leads and just an email. So that's yeah. straight up from people having to go to the video and take the extra step and then click on it and then send me an yeah, email. Yeah. I haven't even optimized it and I've gotten so much out of a simple repost. Like, and you know, what's interesting is that we were talking about this is that the people that are arguing with you in the comments are not your customer. Your customer is watching and they're reaching out to you and everyone else, it's irrelevant. And I remember I was mentioning this to you before, but Mortgage Jake used to be on Twitter and he said to me, he got tons of business from Twitter, but it was never from the people that was arguing with him. And they'd be watching the fight and then they would reach out to Jake and say, Hey, Jake, can you help me with my mortgage? And yeah. so same thing here. There's people that are like, Oh, rental brought you're a terrible human. You have a rental property. And the person who's like, Oh, I also want to be a terrible human. You know, how do I get a rental <laughs> property? Yeah. And it's also funny. I think like to be prepared for anyone jumping over to different platforms, just the difference between the people that are commenting or engaging with the content. Instagram seems to be like, yay, everyone's nice and everything's good. And there's only going to be fire emojis and thumbs up to everything that you post. And then that first initial post on TikTok, I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot, (laughs) there's like more opinionated people on here for sure, but everything's great. There's no, uh, no press is bad press. Well, And here's the thing. The thing I've always loved about you is that you don't take that stuff personally. Like, like Zach is one of these guys. So you're killer at picking up the phone and you just don't take it personally. And you don't take it personally. If somebody that you call doesn't want to talk to you and you don't take it personally, if you know, user number two, eight, seven, six, five, four, one says, this is brutal. <laughs> like yeah. who cares about user five, six, whatever the heck you, who yeah. are you anyway? Right? Well, that's like, what I think to go back there from when I transitioned from realtors into social media, I was doing a ton of calling as well to take lists from realtors and say, Hey, I'll cold call, you know, your list for you and try and drum up some business. And I'd find refis in there. I'd find purchase opportunities. How many deals do you think you found in doing that? So like, you know, I didn't quantify it, but probably, you know, over just like a couple months, maybe like six or seven. Um, And also it really ingrained you with the realtor because they're like, wow, Zach's actually like going to bat for me. So like there was a double whammy for that, not just the list. It took realtors that like, you know, didn't know me from a hole in the wall or didn't even really want to work with me. But I said, hey, I'll do this for you. And they're like, well, really? And now they're referring me. All of their other business. So because you're willing to pick up the phone and most people. But that, uh, yeah, to go back to that phone calling point, and this has always been my mindset when I get someone nasty on the phone or a nasty comment or whatever it is. I'm like, well, I just had to deal with that person for about 30 seconds on a phone call. There's other people that, you know, their friends and family have to be around them all the time, you know? So I'm like, (laughs) it must be, must be a pretty crappy to deal with this person for longer than 30 seconds. I'm good. I'll just go on to talk to the next person. That's sort of my my mindset or thought behind it always. 
you just keep a smile on your face. I'm skimming through the comments on your post. So that it's just, we're going to put a link to the post. My next yeah. idea, because of this, obviously it's like that drove a lot of attention, you know, views, followers, whatever. I'm just going to make an entire series of videos around this. Obviously it's working for engagement. So I've already planned out, you know, 10, 15 videos. I'm going to record them all one day and just start continually pumping them out. You got somebody, how can I have a consultation with you? Somebody messaged, this was 10 hours ago. You'd have to be out of your mind to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is just so entertaining. Like this is the problem with social media is we have uninformed people with big opinions. Yeah. And their opinion is directly disproportionate to their level of knowledge. And yeah. they have no clue what they're talking about. Like they really don't. And yet they go on there. And unfortunately, you know, other people, like in this case, you're jumping into the comments and you're, you know, keeping them, you're not arguing with them, but you're just, you're keeping it going. So it's actually, yeah. you know, and that's so, well, that's what I always, so just to have that conversation from jumping from Instagram to TikTok, I was always like to boost up your Instagram engagement. It was like, respond to every single comment, like, like everything, you know, make sure that you keep the conversation going. I didn't know on TikTok, you don't really have to do that. It's just going to keep. And then all of a sudden I'm getting 300 comments. I'm like, I don't have all day to respond to these. So I just like spent all day there. Yeah. Like this I guy says it's not legal in some provinces. Like, what does he know? Kev cook five. You've no idea what you're talking about. Not legal <laughs> in some provinces. Yeah. Okay. How do you know that? Like just yeah. anyway, but okay. yeah, the sheer amount of volume of like quality leads to, it wasn't just people that are like, Hey, I want to buy an investment property and I have no money and my credit's 400. It was like, I have three rental properties. How can I, you know, make this the most efficient for me? How can I buy another one? Like there are quality leads coming from TikTok, Instagram, all forms of social media. So you're not just getting the 15 year olds that are angry in the comments. Yeah. It's like quality, quality people. Kev cook five. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Any other changes that you made to your business in the last three to six months that have been helpful? Definitely reclaiming as much of my time by heavily pushing everyone to calendar, book a call with me. No one's really entering, you know, my world without that in terms of new leads. So sort of the Ryan Wiley strategy there, who was, I did some coaching with him prior to the coach that I'm with now, but really just like limiting my schedule to a certain amount of time. So time blocking a lot more, which gives me more time in general to do whatever else I want and focuses people into a certain amount of time. So I turn on that mindset. Okay. I'm having discovery call time. It's these two or three hours. And this is when I'm focusing all the clients into that. So almost making myself less available, which is freeing up my time and also gives a sense of urgency to people. Well, I got to book a call as well as I'd say, not worrying so much about following up with leads from realtors and chasing them down. You're not going to like, you know, please, sir, let me do your mortgage. You're going to be like, Hey, look, if you're serious, yeah. we're going to work together. Exactly. If we're not, and then I'm that gonna... because the realtors I work with know that I have great service and great everything else. My business runs very efficiently. They're the ones just being like, have you talked to Zach yet? Have you booked a call in? Like they're doing that for me, as opposed to, I think at the start, I get a lead in. I'm like, okay, I got to follow up every day and make sure that they're going to like get an application in and like do whatever. Now I have the volume where one, I don't really have time for that or don't want to be chasing them down. And I have the built up enough with my realtors where they're pushing them to talk to me and they're saying, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Like, I want to make sure that you get that call in before we move forward with anything. Right, right. So they're actually, they're pushing you on that. So yeah. let me ask you this. So this will be the last question. If you had to go back and give yourself some advice for when you're starting out, what would you tell yourself or what advice would you give yourself? 
to go all in on uh, TikTok. No, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Start yeah, there sort of uh, while it was, you know, there's more well, organic like, reach. Jokingly, but not like just fully put yourself, don't just put the toe in and be afraid of, you know, okay, I'll make a couple calls today. All oh, one call went bad. And like now, you know, that person wasn't very nice to me on the phone. So just have that more all in mindset, do everything and try more things all at once and then find out what works and know that you can always change them. Like I went from really focusing on building that realtor database. And then I went, okay, I'm going to go into phone calling. Then I'm like, okay, I don't want to spend two hours a day or an hour a day on the phone and the social media thing's working. Well, now I can adapt. Like that's the beauty of our business. There's more than one way to do it. There's more than one way and you can always change and not just like, well, this isn't working. The one thing that I'm doing isn't working. Okay. So do something else or do both of them or do whatever you want, do what you like, because everything will work for some people. Some people aren't going to be the best at going on Instagram and TikTok and making stupid videos of themselves or informational videos. It's not going to work for them. But I found like, yes, I'm going to go all in on that now. And Hopefully in six months, I can hop back on with you and have an insane. And, yeah, have an insane story. stories about <laughs> angry people on TikTok. Yeah. Getting mad yeah. about your investment stuff. That's awesome. So your TikTok handle is mortgage.guru, right? Yeah. And what's your Instagram handle? Just mortgages with Zach. Mortgages with Zach. So if you guys are listening, go follow what Zach's doing. You add a lot of personality to it. You make it fun. Actually, I took an idea from you once from your Instagram. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see when, you know, the oh, one with that? Uh, I was skimming through your Instagram and there was one with Samuel Jackson. Remember, he's like, say what again? And he's got the gun. And I think you had a change to say right again. And I was like, say I found him right online again. Or yeah. Something. And so then I took that and I made one for Ron Butler. And I said, say Butler Mortgage again. I posted it in the cards. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's such a great movie. Anyway, you're adding some personality. It's not just like, hey, guidelines are this and this and this. You yeah. do have to pour some personality into it or else it's just like, not going to I was talking about this with someone the other day too. It's like, yeah, you can add some personal stuff and some business stuff. Mine is pretty much all business focused, but I have my personality show through. The personality pours through it. So then it's yeah. fine, I think. Like I'm not posting a photo of me with my dog, like running around. It's all business wise, but it's like, I have fun with some, I have educational with others and it's still all kind of mortgage focused. So yeah, whatever works for whatever, like, you know, you got to find out what posts are working and what's driving people to your page and what's- Find you know, your voice. And, yeah. And don't worry about- making everybody happy because you're not going to make them all happy anyway. So mm. don't bother. That's awesome, man. Okay. Awesome to chat, Zach. Congrats on your success. Keep me posted on how it goes with this new TikTok thing that you're doing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Thanks, Scott. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation I had with Zach. I do encourage you to go check out his TikTok channel as well as his Instagram. And he's very proficient on both of those platforms. And it's kind of cool to see him use those platforms and if you're listening to this and you're like hey man how do i get my business going i would encourage you to go check out our rookie to rockstar.ca webinar that i have and i'll show you exactly how we help new agents like zach and other folks grow their businesses faster check that out at rookie to rockstar.ca and check out this upcoming conversation with reuven from deeded on the rising rate environment hey reuven welcome to ask the experts hey scott thanks for having me again So, hey, let's talk about, I know you guys are handling hundreds of transactions at a time and doing a marvelous job of it, but we've got a different change that's happened in the marketplace, which is a rising rate environment, which can create some havoc for people. Let's talk about that and what you've seen on the closing side in terms of this rising rate environment. For sure. So yeah, definitely we're in a very different place than we were just a few short weeks ago. 
from an overall market temperature perspective, and it seems like the only theme in the news these days is rising interest rates. And with that come a lot of finicky consumers that are thinking about, you know, what's my next play? And they're looking to their broker for answers and advice on what to do next. Now, when it comes to closing in particular, what we've seen recently is we've got a lot of people on rate holds that have been around, say, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 day holds. And, you know, those are mostly refis and purchases as well. And we're now executing the closing of some of those transactions. Now, when it comes to refis in particular, it's all about the speed of closing those transactions. So we don't find ourselves in a situation where that rate hold expires and a new rate kicks in. Um, So now you've got that factor to sort of contend with, which basically means very, very tightly managing the deadlines and the timelines around closing refis. No longer can you, you know, have them bounce out. You can't keep pushing them out. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's some law firms and well lenders that push off refis and law firms is like, hey, there's no fixed closing date where, you know, you're going to get sued. But if your rate jumps a half a percent or one percent, you're going to have some unhappy clients because you've delayed their closing. So on your refis right now, like what is the timeline that typically you're seeing? Because I was talking to another friend who is a lawyer, more of a traditional model, not like you guys. And he told me they're not even taking clients in June. Like they're literally like, and are you guys experiencing that or what are you noticing right now? Yeah, so the challenge is all of this is obviously happening in the busiest season, right? So really the worst timing possible if this was, you know, the dead of winter would have been very, very different situation just in terms of, you know, sheer capacity, not only from the lawyer perspective, but also, you know, you've got lenders and underwriting and funding departments completely overwhelmed just because there's going to be, a, and there is a massive spike of activity right now that's triggered by some of those rate changes, right? So people that, that have been sitting on the fence are moving quickly, there's rate holds and there's timeline to get deals done. So there's a big, big spike of activity for you know, some sort of correction or whatnot happens in the market. From our perspective, we're continuing to meet our timelines. Typically, you know, refis for us are anywhere from five to seven business days. Things have been a little bit slower just from the reactions of lenders and underwriters and so on. We're sometimes not getting the documents that we need in time. But nonetheless, they're still coming in in time. I believe it just takes some additional planning and heads up and making sure that all those expectations are aligned and that things happen according to the timeline and they don't get pushed out. Right. And part of that is positive pressure you put on your lender to make sure that it actually gets instructed. Not being an ass, but basically being, hey, you know, reminding them, give it a shove. Okay. So first thing you're noticing is rate holds that expire. And if you don't navigate that, that can create a problem for any other thing you're noticing with the rising rate environment? Obviously a lot of anxiety and frustration. We've constantly seen anxious and frustrated clients in the last couple of years due to COVID, you know, life changes, stress, and, you know, life happens type of thing. But now more than ever, I think a lot of people are looking at both sort of the macro and the microeconomic things that are happening around them and that are impacting them personally. So I think there's a lot more of a sense of urgency to get things done. There's a very low degree of patience or tolerance. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, like we've been talking about in the last few recordings we did, it's really that consumer expectation has really fundamentally shifted from what it was even a couple of years ago to what a consumer wants today, which is give me the outcome and I want it now and I want it in the most easy and seamless way possible. Yeah. And Amazon has kind of spoiled us. I mean, whenever you order something from Amazon, it is shocking to me how fast it still shows up. So the thing is, is that even though Amazon's not in the mortgage business, they're in the customer experience business. 
and people's expectations have gone up exponentially along with that. So speed of closing, rate holds expiring, speed of closing is another thing. Any other sort of things that you're noticing with this change in environment that you're kind of seeing from your perspective from the closing side? Again, it's part of it is maybe in coincidence with the other two or coinciding with the other two is really about communication. It always has been, you know, for us about the transparency and communication, really having a borrower or a home buyer always understand where they are in the process and what to expect next. Now it's more important than ever because before, again, they didn't have that necessarily a sense of urgency to say, look, my rate hold expires on such and such date. And if we don't make it, the implications are pretty vast. So a lot more, you know, communications over communication to your point, you know, around Amazon. The one thing I love about Amazon is I notice oftentimes they under promise, they over deliver. I think I ordered something over the weekend and said, it'll be there by Friday, and it actually arrived today. So, wow, delight, surprise. Um, yeah, it's Tuesday so instead of Friday. Yeah, yeah. So who doesn't want that, right? Who doesn't right. want that? So ultimately, that's sort of the mode of operations for us at the moment is really over-communicating, setting the expectation, being transparent with brokers that we work with, and moving forward just to understand you know, how the landscape might possibly be changing in a rising rate environment and what that looks like for us over the next few months. Right. I've got a question for you, and maybe you know these stats offhand, but have you noticed a shift in the percentage of your monthly transactions that are purchased versus refi? And has it changed in any meaningful way? Or have you guys always been more purchase heavy? Like, I'm just curious. It's not a question I've ever asked you before. Now that I'm seeing what's happening, I may ask you this from time to time, just as a finger on the pulse of like, you know, a whole bunch of transactions. So yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it really is market dependent. Like what we saw in generally Ontario or the Toronto market is obviously a big slowdown in purchases. Now, because we're typically, you know, 30, 60, 90 days out, we're typically a lagging indicator on what's really happening. So right now we're still closing deals that were signed in January, February, maybe as late as March. Um, But as time goes on, obviously, you know, we're expecting to see a shift. I think the Toronto Real Estate Board just reported a decline year over year in April in terms of 41% of transactions, so 41% less transactions than less uh, April of 2021, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, I think we're all going to feel that with less purchases, you've got a lot of uncertain buyers that perhaps may be sitting on the fence and are deciding to hold off for a little bit longer, not knowing essentially or expecting you know further price drops and things like that. Right. Interesting. All right. So how do we wrap this up? So basically, we've seen rates and environments changed. And so let's wrap up, sort of recap from your perspective, some of the things that brokers can think about. Yeah. So ultimately, it really is paying a lot more careful attention to various steps in the journey, but especially in closing. Again, you want to set the right expectations. You want to under promise and over deliver. Obviously, you know, consumers are going to be more finicky in terms of what's happening and how that's going to affect them personally. In terms of, you know, closing tips, we always say, you know, preparation And collaboration is key. So whoever you're working with, a lawyer, you're working with a title company, make sure you're over communicating, you're setting expectations. Again, we're getting into busy season. We're getting into peak season here in terms of number of transactions and volumes. Your best bet is to really stay on top of things and make sure that things are flowing smoothly, that expectations are set with everybody that's involved in closing out the transaction. 
Right. That's awesome. And if you guys are listening to this and you want to have an awesome experience closing your transaction, check out Dita.ca. Reuven, I've used you guys personally, referred you guys to anybody that I've talked to in the mortgage space, and it's always been rave reviews. It's like the Uber Eats of closing transactions in terms of the communication that you guys deliver and just the overall experience, right? It's like, why didn't this exist sooner is what I always think when I see things like this, but I'm glad it does. And so guys, check that out if you're listening, Dita.ca, Reuven, keep crushing it and we'll chat soon. Thanks again for having me, Scott. Pleasure. All right. Thanks again for listening today. And hopefully you got some nuggets from listening to Zach share his story and Reuven talking about rising rate environment. And one last thing, if you're new, I'd highly encourage you to go check out elevenmortgagebrokering.com. You can set up a free power search account and in there you can keyword search all of our past shows. And so you can find all kinds of great resources and tips and tricks and tactics. So go check that out. Totally free. Thanks again for listening to this episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.